So this is episode three. We missed last week. Yeah, that move was crazy. You want to tell them why we missed last week? I don't. I, don't, I just remember we moved. the move. Well, okay, that's what I thought yeah, it was, but I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't that's, sure what you were talking about. That's what I'm talking about. That's how fast these days are going Jeez. for us. I have colleagues who are saying that they're bored. I can't Mm-mm. imagine, and no. it's not that I want to invalidate their experience or say like, oh, I don't. I mean, I get it. Yeah. But I'm, I'm unpacking. We're not. No, no, I'm unpacking during during meetings when I'm muted and and my face is muted. I'm unpacking. I'm like organizing the socks, finally going through and organizing the the clothes and finally not living out of trash bags. That was hard for a minute, but yeah, it went by real fast. Yeah, I've been doing my Zoom classrooms in our bedroom (laughs) on top of a dresser. So I definitely have the virtual backgrounds going, uh, boxes everywhere if they really saw what was behind the scenes. So- And and, and you didn't say anything? What, What happened this past week? It was my birthday. We had a virtual birthday party, which I'm going to go into a little bit later because w- we're going to talk a little bit about we're how I did that. We're going to talk a little bit about that. <laughs> but at turn 39. I'm 39. Was I supposed to say that? Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> I know. You proud of my care. age. Just don't care. Uh, I'm black. Black don't crack. Look, look, look. I'm 39. Depending on how I oh, shave it, I look man. about a good 38 and a half. So <laughs> we're good. Uh, so... I wanted to ask about moving and all the coaching that you're doing. Oh, man. How has it been for you in terms of finding peace and balance? Whew. I was talking to Vera last night. Just talking to her brought me peace. I think you, I think what's bringing me most peace because I've had to like go from one meeting to another and, um, it's not like it's required. Like, I mean, they're asking us to meet with our teachers, but I'm doing things like one of my teachers needed dual kinder resources for a dual immersion class. And, you know, I'm just listening, taking it in. And and instead of just being still and just kind of like wondering what to do for them, I'm out here connecting to people and virtually asking them, okay, can you share with me? So I think as much as it doesn't sound like peace, Part of me feeling relevant right now is digging in and asking the people doing the work. So I'm not trying to act like, oh, I'm in this position. I know it all. It's more of like, how do I stay connected to the sites? How do I stay connected with teachers who are actually doing it? And actually, that's brought me peace because it's it's giving me clarity. It's giving me insight to their struggles, to the reality. And then I share it with the teacher that I'm supporting. And they're like, oh, my gosh, thank you so much. And. It just brings me peace to be able to bring real, solid, um, applicable resources to them and not just like, oh, have you thought about doing this or pushing other stuff on them? So that in a weird way. And then my tea, my tea, oh, my yeah. tea. And then going out to the backyard, mom's back. This, it's, we have a backyard. We have the most beautiful view Finally. ever, ever. So that's definitely been great for the girls. So how about you, Ben? I'm struggling. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> This is not ideal situation for me. I bury myself into one task and I see that thing all the way through and I kind of tunnel vision. And so it's hard to create these new lectures and lecture in a new way with new slideshow, new technology. And I want to get into that, 
but then there's the garage that needs to be undone and still yeah. switching. So I'm, I'm not, I've never been a multitasker. I'm, that's not me. And so this requires a lot of multitasking. Right. And I just don't email people. That's been the one <laughs> place I've been finding time. So I email everyone on Friday. Oh, so, so if you email me Monday, sorry. Good luck. Yeah. But you already said that about yourself. You said like Mila and you, until your environment is where it is, you can't really truly focus. Right, right. So I think we got to get this environment. So you know, just get unpacked and just get settled yeah. in. You'll feel a little bit more focused. Yeah. And it's just the, the whole thing is flexible and forgive, forgiving yourself. Yes. So yes. well, let's, without further ado, let's bring in our guest. Uh, you want to do the introductions? Oh, I mean, I do, but I feel like your introductions for the for them would be amazing. I'm I mean, good. do you want to do Will and I do Latanya? No. <laughs> just, do, just do it at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you do it. Okay, uh, look, we've got a principal and we have a person who works for San Bernardino City Unified School District. Director. Uh, director. I don't know the official titles of things. I just know that um, this person is over the entity that's trying to uh, ensure equitable fairness, uh, particularly across socioeconomic and cultural racial backgrounds mm -hmm. and address the myriad of historical issues that have affected those folks. And um, that's Will Greer. Latanya Greer is a principal um, her rise in education from teacher, I got to see it. I was a substitute at, you know, where she was teaching. So I got to see her um, uh, go from teacher to principal, but she didn't do it on this sort of linear, just promotion, promotion. She brings in so many other tools. Mm -hmm. uh, she has a law degree. So the business component, the... Uh, um, Consulting, consultant coaching. component, coaching component. There's so many ways that she's uh, bringing all these tools to these young folks at uh, middle school. So this is the Greers. I think if there's one family, Jeez. one couple, that if we ever get a big ego, we're like, you know what? Never mind. We ain't doing <laughs> nothing. It's them. Yeah. So this is the the couple that we have here today, and uh, we just wanted to start by asking. Oh, wait, I must say something. Oh, real and a little tidbit, they're the couple that has helped be a model of what it looks like to be, how do you say, to be moving ourselves um, in the direction that God would want us to go into, but also to live in our purpose and how to do that and stay um, connected to our community. These yeah. two are so connected to the community and they're both so driven that I think they've taught us how to do that in a balanced manner and how to save our marriage when we about to go crazy because this guy was getting a doctorate. I just got to say that. Greer, she was my my angel. So just have to put that in there. Greer. I knew she should have did the introduction. All right. I didn't want to because it's been too long. I already know me. It's going to be too long. It's going to be too long. All right. So let's go. Let's go right into it. You, a couple in education, how much of what is happening now consumes your day in terms of talking about this, how much work, you know, talk about this work-life balance. When it's two people who are doing the same thing, how do you maintain work-life right, balance? Right. And where does it stop? Where does it end for you? Right. Man, I, the, yeah, I don't know. In the same district. The good thing for us is that um, 
I don't know if you can call it a balance. And I mean, the good thing for us is that, you know, we, when we met, we were both classroom teachers. We were both middle school teachers. You know, I was teaching seventh and eighth grade history. She was teaching eighth grade English. And, um, and so from jump, from day one, education was always, it was a value. It was something that uh, for both of us was deeply connected to our principles. And uh, so just like talking about it, talking about achievement gap issues, equity issues, kid issues, community issues, how education is, you know, we get, get as nerdy as education as a tool for social justice and uplift. Uh, you know, and into the weeds of formative assessment and standards, and I, you know, we have those conversations. <laughs> right, right, right. And then dinner. <laughs> you know, to, to what books we're reading on education. So I mean, it's something that we truly enjoy. So to like detach that from the relationship. Oh man, it just—it's hard. I, I wouldn't want to. Yeah. I don't know that we do really separate because it's our work, but it's been our passion mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. um, and then it probably doesn't help that we have so many educator friends because then it's just more people like to talk about right <laughs> on the then, phone with let's like it's, it's probably not good for the kids um <laughs> they they pick up on it jelani likes to make jokes what are you guys talking about equity you talking right. about restorative <laughs> right, now? right 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 this conversation about it so it, it, i don't know that we um, I don't know that it's so much about balance. It's just kind of who we are. So it seems like it's something that we always are talking about in some in some way or some form. Do you guys ever say to yourselves that, oh, you know what, hold on a bit. Let's not talk about this right now. Let's let's like talk to the kids or let's talk about something else. Do you guys ever have to do that for each other? Because it's so important. Well, I think one issue is Will and I talk a lot anyway. And so right. when we're together. One of our first conversations when we, we went to high school together, but we ran back into each other uh, when we were working in the district. And one of our first, first phone conversations was like 12 hours long. I know, right? It was like 12 hey. hours long. What kind of phone bill was that? Right? <laughs> I was like, this dude, hey. phones were running out of right. 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 phones. And, and I think finally at some point we were like, you just got to go to bed, right? Um, that was the cord phone era when you had a, <laughs> you had a cordless phone. Cell so phones. My cordless dude. phone battery was going out. I had to get my cord phone. He didn't have like, a cell phone yet. Will was resistant uh, to, to technology. technology. Uh, uh, yep. So I was going between the cell phone and so we always talk. We can watch TV and we'll pause and start with something and 30 minutes later, we still haven't continued watching the show. So the kids don't usually like watching TV with us. <laughs> Anything can spark a conversation. So. Anything. Right, right. And, I, and we love to talk about it all. And I'll just say, you know, going back to the education thing, we were never ones to just sort of see it as like work. You know, like this is just a job, and you sit, you sit the job down, right. and you come home, and you know now you talk about other things. For us, I mean, it's always been deeply connected. I think to our sense of purpose, um, our why, mm -hmm. right? Uh, uh, who we are as people, uh, what our goals are. So yeah, I don't, I don't see like what we do in terms of uh, trying to improve outcomes for kids, trying to improve outcomes for our community. I don't necessarily see that as like a nine to five that I sit down. And then I check at the door when I come into the house. It's such a part of, of who I am. And, and that's one of the things that I loved about my wife uh, was I saw that in her too. I mean, it was very clear that this was a woman who, you know, was all about her, her community, 
um, improving outcomes for kids. Um, and I love that from the jump. So it's hard to just like sit it down and detach. Right. right? I mean, right. and it's connected to everything else. It's connected to politics, to economics, <laughs> right? To our health. It's connected yes, to so many other is. things, right? To culture. Um, right. how we see ourselves as as people and as african-american people and and on and on yeah and you guys are best friends yes that's why we talk so much we definitely are our best friends yeah. i think one thing we've gotten better at is not harping on the bad stuff so like if i have a bad day at work i don't yeah. typically bring that home because just rehashing it is not really going to help so i leave it um if there's something i need his advice on or i want to hear his opinion then maybe i'll state it but i try not to bring the bad home with me so usually our conversations are focused on just trying to understand something at a deeper level he always makes me see things in a different way or you know will inject a, a perspective that i hadn't thought about before and so i need that but the, the bad stuff i usually try to leave that at work do you want to say why we kind of consciously did that especially in, mm, in terms of our kids point. why we yeah. tried to focus on the positive more i think just because i mean the, we've learned so much more as we get older we've just learned more and it probably doesn't help now that we work in the same district because we're learning the same stuff <laughs> so it's, it's more to talk about but just kind of understanding the the impact that has on your body the stress and uh, we want to have peace in our home we did um one of our marriage retreat at church a couple years ago really focused on how do you keep peace in your home and we know that we're the thermometer for our kids and so if we come home and it's always negative then that impacts them too and it also doesn't help them see what we do as something they might want to do Mm -hmm. always, if we're only just talking about the bad. So I think really to, to make sure we have peace when we come home so we don't let that stress drive us to an early grave. Right, so, so. It's so true. It's so true. Um, and that's something that I know we wanted to, we, we purposely chose you too for that reason. Can, oh, sorry. Um, sorry, let me make sure I make this man's stuff sound great <laughs> but that's why we we intentionally chose you two because um we know how much it weighs on us to see the work especially you guys seeing it from the same district perspective but more so like how you guys um how you guys balance it even though you say you may not have a true balance it sounds like you do you know what not to do now because you know what it has done to your health and what it has done to your overall well-being and that's that's right there a gem for us to take away right now is making sure we don't we're not here harping on this long-winded issue that may not just have a solution right now instead let's focus on some positive things that we know that we can work towards collectively and i that speaks to me we have fun too. I think we always talk about, you know, when you're at work, you got to wear the mask. And when wearing the mask is tiring. Exactly. So when you, you have a public persona and, and I'm naturally introverted. So a lot of the stuff I do at work, it takes energy. And so when I get home, I can, I can be me. Um, we can be ignorant. We can, I mean, we do <laughs> some, some silly stuff that goes on yes. in the rear household. Yes. Such we as? Such as? <laughs> we didn't make a TikTok video yet. The kids, they don't think it's cool. So I was trying to get them. They ain't feeling it. Yeah. Uh, we just have to watch the old ones from when they were younger. But I mean, we crack jokes. This one right here, if, if he weren't an educator, he could easily be a stand-up comedian. But Will, Will has jokes well. for days. <laughs> so we just, we laugh a lot. 
we laugh with the kids. Um, they both have a pretty quick wit and mm -hmm. an appreciation for sarcasm. <laughs> Maybe a little too young, but we just try to have fun. We try to laugh, play games. Nice. nice. They like to play fight still. Our 18 year old still likes to play fight with her dad. The, the 12 year old, they just, we just try to have fun. Yeah. It's good. So uh, this is hard because I, I kind of want to switch the whole direction of the podcast and really just talk about uh, your show? coupleship. Sure. But I know. I think I know. just sticking with the theme, a lot of folks want to know, being as a principal and being as a director, what are the decision-making processes like for you all? Um, you know, this is such an interesting time. How how do you take in, you know, the emotion of situations? When do you bring it in? When do you leave it out when you're making decisions? Mm. Uh, when when do you have to just put the blinders on and look at the numbers, look at the data? When do you have to just say, forget the numbers, I'm focused on people? Um, what is that process like for you two? How do you two approach that? Nice. Yeah. Well, right now, so in our district, um, working at the district office, I'm on the incident management team. Right. And so the incident management team has been uh, tasked with, you know, making dozens of decisions around how we're going to continue to educate our kids during this time, how we're going to get devices to kids, how we're going to get food to families, you know, to things like what we're going to do if kids, uh, you know, tell a staff member that they want to commit suicide. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, so we're... I, just the range of issues that we're dealing with right now. And so as a member of the incident management team, this has been really, and I'm relatively new to the district. I'm, this, I've been in the district now for about, for about eight months. So um, just the decisions and the challenges and all of the issues, this, this thing, this virus has been so complex, right? It's been a very complex thing to navigate. And then for my department personally, as the uh, Department of Equity and Target Student Achievement, you know, trying to really figure out what equity looks like within this context, mm -hmm. you know, what it looks like to improve outcomes in our in our office. Um, uh, right now, we're fo or we've been focused this past year on improving outcomes for African American students, right? Specifically in math, English, high school graduation rates, A through G, and so on, right? And so, trying to figure that out. Um, I'll just say, I'll just share briefly one thing that uh, one of my, somebody in my department, she, we're working on a project right now where we're looking at, um, there's 155 districts in California with black student populations of 5% or more. So what we're doing is a little bit of a content analysis where we're trying to figure out how many of those districts have an equity department. You know, of those that have an equity department, how many of them have an actual equity policy? Um, and for those districts that have that, you know, how are they approaching equity in the time of the coronavirus, right? So what are the best practices? Uh, what's the work that they're engaged in? What's the direction that they're given to, to principals, teachers, nice. parents, families, community members, stakeholders, uh, district partners, and so on, right? And so, so I, I don't know if I'm answering your question, Ant, yeah. but I can tell you that there is no shortage of decisions that need to be made right now about you know how we're going to continue to meet the needs of children and family members um, in this time and and then and then on top of that how we're going to continue to to support all of our one you know the wonderful principals the wonderful teachers all the folks who are doing this work still but taking care of their own kids 
Mm -hmm. Also dealing with the anxiety and the trauma that comes along with, you know, because at this point we all kind of know somebody who's maybe had the, and on and on. So, I mean, it, it's complex, brother. It's complex. But yeah, there are no shortage of decisions uh, that need to be made right now. That's so dope, Will, that you're talking about um, reaching out to other school districts or other people who are doing, um, who have an equity department, have an equity policy and how they're going about approaching it. That's that's, that's super, I don't even know how what word that is, but that's like doing research, but yet application all at the same time. And, and I think that's the best thing we could do right now is not just say, oh, we have it all right here. No, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? So that we could apply right. to right now. I mean, we don't have all the answers, even in a district with 56,000 students, we don't have all the answers here. So I yeah. appreciate that insight. Can I just add real quick? I mean, a goal of mine, um, I would love to create a sort of equity PLC mm -hmm. uh, and maybe some regional PLCs uh, because some of these districts are up north. Some of them are, you know, more centralized. A lot of them down here in Southern California. So a, a goal of mine would be to create maybe some regional equity PLCs where we're looking at best practices. And then maybe, you know, Another goal of mine is to help us sort of shape policy and practice, right? And so as one district, you know, there's, you know, of, of course my first goal um, and first obligation is to make sure that I'm, you know, supporting my, you know, my assistant superintendent and, and the cabinet and our board and our community and our parents and so on. Um, but just as an educator, you know, I would love to see um, a time on the horizon when when we go across district to, to district and there are uniform policies around improving outcomes for underserved kids, yes. uh, for, you know, African-American kids, but also definitely Latinx kids, low-income kids, yep. you know, making sure that LGBTQ kids, you know, mm -hmm. aren't in school feeling like, man, I don't want to be here. And maybe I don't deserve to, you know what I'm saying? And, mm -hmm. and you know, and just dealing with all the complex issues. So I would love to see more equity policy, more uniform equity policy and more uniform equity practices because these opportunity gaps, one thing that we know, and this is another thing, Tanya and I, from day one, we were having deep conversations about this. Everybody who's a part of this chat right now, who's in education, we all know we could set our watches right now and know with mathematic certainty that by the next time we test or the end of the next academic school, uh, academic year, we know which kids are gonna be on the bottom of all the positive indicators and which kids are gonna be on top of all the negative indicators. We know it with certainty. That was true last year, it was true five years ago. Mm. It's true across districts, it's true across states. So I mean, if we, the, for me to feel like I have done a bit of good in my career, um, I. These are the problems that need to be addressed. And I, and I wouldn't feel like I lived the life of any, you know, like I did anything, you know, according to God's plan to, to, to what my ancestors put me here for if we weren't attacking those kinds of issues. You know what I'm saying? I just, yes. I wouldn't feel, I would look back at it and feel like it was okay, but I didn't do what I was supposed to do. You know what right. I'm saying? Or I, I didn't, yeah. I didn't help. I didn't, I, maybe I could have did more. So I would like to see that personally. Right, right. One thing, as a as a principal at the school site, so I know all that the the big ideas, but then all these small things too. And so I have a staff of almost a hundred people that I'm having to supervise right now. And so, in our district, a lot of our time recently has been spent on uh, determining what 
a distance learning is going to look like for students and rightly so. So there's been a lot of time and energy there. And we just started last week. So we completed our first week. Um, and Franz was asking me last night, there's just so much going on. And we're still having, it's like meeting after meeting. Sometimes it's seven hours straight in front of the computer. It's crazy. Just meetings and Franz yes. was asking me like, you know, how we get our work done. And it's hard some days. Um, and so I was, I don't even remember which meeting I was in, but I was telling one of our assistant suits or one of the directors, like they they have to remember we're not just managing students, right? I'm trying to run an entire school from home. So I have teachers, but I have almost 60 employees who are not even in the classroom. And, and there's no direction as to what they all should be doing right now. So we're trying to create um, the conditions for learning in this new environment wrap up the end of the school year because we still have all these deadlines we have to do evaluations um, we still need to get our master schedule together even though we don't know when we're coming back to school um, the bell schedule is going to be due all these little things um, have to be done and we're still trying to figure out who has technology and who does it so still doing that outreach um, so creating the systems clarifying things for my employees um, I have four custodians. I don't know what they're going to be doing right now, but I'm okay with it because I know my people and I know they work hard. And so the, the, the beauty of that is they know what I'm working on. And, and most of them, um, we've built good enough relationships and they know me, they have their own ideas. And they're like, what if we do this? But so they all want to help. And so I think that's um, just something I'm truly grateful for, for right now is a relationship that I've built with my staff members. Um, so people are just doing what needs to be done and they're not asking questions. So when we found out the day before we needed to get to school and take all the Chromebook carts out of our classrooms and we have almost 40, unhook everything, clean them, call, class, call my classified staff in the night before, hey, I need all my custodians there. They're there, no complaints, nothing. And so there's a, a lot of the big ideas we're working on right now, but a lot of the small detailed things too. So trying to finish out this year, create a whole new system for learning and plan for next year all at the same time, it's a challenge. And then still being asked to do things at the district level. And so that's one thing I've, you know, I've gotten better at saying no in the last week. Like, yeah, I can't be on that committee Good. right now. I, I would love to help, but right. I can't right now because what I also have to be is available for my staff so when they're stressed out because they have two children under four and they're trying to lead a classroom and plan and do I, I got to be mindful of all that or the stress and the toll it's taking on them or the teachers I have who just learned how to turn their computer on and now that they're having to <laughs> to teach digitally um, yeah. so dealing with all that anxiety and, and it's the hard I had to call three people and let them know they wouldn't be returning next school year. Mm -hmm. People who, you know, they're good employees. They haven't done anything wrong, but we have to make cuts. All our um, numbers in middle school went down this year. And so I, I had to cut three people in this time of chaos and uncertainty because right. of enrollment numbers. And that's not ever a good call to make. It never feels good doing that. Even if you didn't want the person there, this is still their livelihood we're talking about and so I had to do that this week and we did actually have a student yesterday who attempted suicide so that's how mm -hmm. my morning started with a suicide note that was emailed to one of my teachers mm -hmm. right and so 
you know, thank goodness the the girl, she's in the hospital right now and they're going to keep her. But that's a, a fear we've had too already. Um, all these kids who we know school is their only safe place mm-hmm. and they're home now and they're isolated and they're not, you know, getting the help with the counselors they were getting before. So it's, just, it's a lot going on and we have to be as, as the leader. I can't, um, I have to be calm for them because I know that brings their affect affected filter down and their anxiety down so just trying to be mindful of that and keep reminding them you know this is all about giving people grace right now including ourselves and um and and just being flexible sometimes we get information if i'm giving you information the day before it's because i just got it and so just keep reminding them that and letting them know this is something we're all fighting and working on together at the same time so everybody's in the same situation right but we have more than just one brain working on this so let's utilize this time to figure out how we can improve learning for students so that when Mm. this is over we come out stronger and i'm oh yeah just in the interest of time i want to get to the third topic oh because you know you know i would be asking yeah yeah, i know you have a lot of follow-ups on this (laughs) so you can call later and follow up and post the notes for everybody okay okay now i the third is one is really what i want to talk to you all about because this week (laughs) we saw the versus battle between babyface and teddy riley and for those that don't know or didn't see it uh on saturday (laughs) uh teddy riley mega producer gave us new jack swing uh, uh revolutionized r&b and and the mer- the fusion of r&b and hip-hop and teddy riley was ready to bring us the battle he was going to destroy babyface okay he had Mikes. uh three microphones background dancer a background man. dancer a hype man the screen with some digital... the screen was flashing he had a dj and he was djing <laughs> and he had the vote the the vocal Roger Troutman joint going on. I mean, he was ready to give the people, and people the, the show. And <laughs> Babyface had some wine and <laughs> a piano. A piano cool. that wasn't cool. on. His and, velvet, his, uh, his velvet, velvet jacket. jacket. And I think he had like a, a 1992 CD player. He was just gonna press play on yeah. some songs. Now, what happened on Saturday was that it went bad for Teddy. Okay. Again, there was reverb. Uh, it just didn't. It, it nothing worked out. Now, in this time of education, I thought you know there's a lot of instructors out here that are my student that students tell me about. They trying to give them the Teddy Riley. They got a whole lot going on. Doing the most, and it's collapsing for them. <laughs> uh, and at the same time, Babyface, you got people who just are just pressing play. Just doing what they know. In this time, when <laughs> is it okay to give us the Teddy and to create and experiment and give the full show? And when do you need to just fall back and press play? Oh, that's a good question. I think it's data driven. I think you. I think this is when knowing your people comes into play. Mm, so as a, as a teacher, I'm telling my staff this is a time to experiment and try things like we. We're not testing right now. We have this extra time because we're not testing that they can go in deeper um, on things. They can try things. So I'm encouraging mine, you know, as comfortable as you are in whatever your home situation is like, try it. If you want to be Teddy, try it. And if you fail, that's cool too. 
get, put it in the notes so we know what's what's working and what didn't and, and, and do something else. And so I do have some now, they're emailing me like, can I try this? Can I do it? So I think um, that's gonna help us be creative and innovative. And that's part of, um, that's something we included in our mission statement. We wanna be innovative and you can't be innovative if, you're, if you don't take risks, take risks. And so try it, fail, get back up and try it again. But if this is a stressful time for you right now, and it's it's hard to just get out of the bed and you're overwhelmed by even the concept of using technology, do the basics, right? Push play, record your lesson, push play. And that's fine right now. We're trying to, because um, we're managing our own mental health and well-being and managing our family at the same time we're trying to manage kids in this whole new experience so i think there's room for both i'm definitely more more baby face myself in terms of <laughs> in terms of my personality but i know in my staff i know who who's teddy right and i let them i let them go crazy i think <laughs> i think teddy's challenge was that he didn't have a baby face floor so he probably was trying to do a little too much too soon without making sure that he had the minimum foundation set, right? And so I think, you know, in this context, we got to provide a floor for all of our kids. Um, and when we don't, you know, that's when, going back to equity, that's when really equity issues run amok and they become even more apparent. Um, and so like right now, just one of the challenges is just, of course, making sure that kids have devices, kids have hotspots and kajits and so on. Um, and so I think just making sure that we provide kids with the floor and parents with the floor so that we're not stressing folks out more and adding more to the anxiety of this time, uh, you know, and then once that's established, you know what I'm saying? My wife has some bomb teachers at her campus, right? So she got some teddies on that campus right, who, right. you know, they can take it to the nth degree. And so, but, but you know, as a, as a district and as a site, you know, just making sure that we are providing all of our kids with a floor um, you know, there are a number of challenges right now. If you just think about high school, right? I was talking with our director of secondary ed yesterday, just around uh, the plan for getting uh, uh, educational services to high school kids that don't have devices. And so there's so many issues connected to that grades, transcripts. Um, you know, if you're a senior right now and you're about to graduate and you don't really, you know what I mean? And like, you don't, you need a, you don't have a device but we have kids K through 11 who are really more dependent. There are equity issues there because do you not get that device to that senior when maybe other kids may be more needy? So those are the kinds of, dis so just providing a floor. I, I think this is a baby face time, but if you got Teddy Riley game, right? And you've already established that floor, then man, you know, ball out. I like that. Cause I, I wasn't thinking in that way. I, was I wasn't thinking, either. Like now's the time not to Teddy. But as, as Latanya was talking, I started thinking, you know, no one paid for the show. So the show got canceled, <laughs> but it ain't like we lost money. <laughs> when there's a ticket sales on the line, that is not the time but to experiment. How, and you know what, honestly, like while he was doing it, how many of us were problem solving for him? Like how many of us were like, man, all you need to do is just get rid of those two mics or all you need to do is just, and all you need to do is all you, so like, but yet he did it. He right. dove into it right. all fully himself and maintained who he was. I think I just became Team Teddy. And <laughs> Navi has been killing him in the chat the whole time. Oh, if you're not man. reading Navi's Nav chat, oh, Nav. Navi has said that you 
feel Ooh. free to experiment and create. Just charge your battery, Teddy. That, <laughs> oh my gosh, he's, he's I know. Killing me in the comments right now. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, we've been reading them. Oh so uh, we we're well over time. And I oh, think man, this is such a needed discussion. It, I talk about, we talk a lot. We talk yeah. a lot. No, but this is got we, we do got too. And I think this is this is needed because we're coming through a place of where the shock value of the pandemic, then oh my gosh, what are the initial things you do? And then it's now it's like, okay, now what are we doing doing during this journey? And hearing what you guys are saying about even from the director, from the district point of view to the site point of view, it's very um eye-opening to how the different perspectives, like even right now for, for Greer to say, like you need to have the floor first. And so he's thinking of the collective and the all, where Greer, sorry, they're both Greer. Just so you know, we sorry. do that all the time. We say, like, what you doing? You talking to Greer? Oh, okay. And I just nod my head as if I actually know who she's talking to. I'm like, oh, okay. And then Latanya, Latanya's pointing out at a school site, how important it is to know your people, to know, to let them be the Teddy Rileys. And to know, let you let you be still in that baby face zone. But yet, how I mean, it was just so cool just to hear hear that right now. So I know why this conversation is going so deep. It's because those are some really it's some some really real times right now that we're trying to name what we're doing and why we're doing it. Right, right. So I mean, it's okay, babe. I know he's a very time. Time is a core value of his. Well, nobody's gonna listen so. to this. <laughs> For 45, 50 minutes. I know, they I know. Fast you're right. Forward. They you're barely right. listen to right. the first two you're minutes. Right. But anyway, this was so. solid information. Thank you, guys. Um, I appreciate it. I, I'm, can I admit who I am? Yeah. So you already know who I am. Y'all know. know. And I put my picture on baby face, but I'm Teddy Riley yep, all yep. day, all day. To help one teacher, I had to go talk to three other teachers, went online, made my own video, made my own Google class, was like, I'm going to do this with them because I need to stay relevant. I need to stay connected to my teachers. I need to let them know that I'm right here with you. And I'm adding all this extra unneeded stress to myself, yep, but yep. I feel like I have to. Like, But anyway, so that's, and then I did Aunt's birthday this week. And sorry, y'all, I didn't make it like a huge thing. I just did it with my mom, my dad, Let, Let's close mom. out, we'll close out on this. Tell, okay. tell them, I had a, first of all, I had a wonderful time. Did it you? Because as an introvert and you and my niece having the same birthday, both of you introverts and not wanting to talk much to people. I we stayed. Like, That's how you know we had a good time. Okay. Okay. Why did you have a good time? Can you tell them why you had a good time? Because there were people there. <laughs> that were talking about you? They were just talking to each other and we didn't have to talk. Oh, yeah. Sit and yeah. Enjoy it. So what I did was I created it, like had a game. Yeah. Oh, I first of all, I got him Aunt's gift that day to everybody. He said his gift he wanted was go uh, buy food, dinner from like a mom and pop shop from a small business. So we bought from Alfredo's in San Bernardino, um, and uh, and 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 to make it to make it Teddy Riley for me, I had to have it engaging. And I realized that when you do these virtual birthdays, it's cool. You get on the call, and then everybody's like, "All right." happy birthday let's sing happy birthday I'm like this is so awkward like we need liven this up a bit so i had to do like you know two truths two lies then i did who knows aunt best who knows brooklyn best my niece is brooklyn same exact birthday they're identical they are two identical beings and uh then we did a scavenger hunt we did a guess a guessing game a scavenger hunt game uh she had we had four zoom zooms running in our own house 
So there were four Zoom, and then there were people from everywhere. It was a lot. I don't want to say too much, but it was a lot. <laughs> but it was fun. Uh, Everybody had a good time. Yes. But we were exhausted. I was thoroughly exhausted after that. I was like, man, I don't know about y'all, but I'm tired. I had PowerPoints running with all the questions and all this. Yeah. So this is this is Teddy. Uh, I, I him with Teddy. Uh, to close out, so we we follow Jimmy V, we, we reflect on one thing that made us laugh, one thing that uh, made us think and problem solve, and one thing that nearly moved us to tears with joy. Uh, we've we've said a lot, and again, time is, is going short, so uh, Fran, I'm just going to put it on, Fran just shared her thing that brought her so much joy. Yes, that brought me joy. So, moved me to tears, too, at the same time. And moved her to tears, yeah. so, so that's your thing. The one thing. <laughs> so the, the one thing that I wanted to share was just the power that we have, uh, particularly for for my instructors. Um, I you know I don't exploit my students and exploit the classroom, but for extra credit, I told them for my birthday, I wanted them to go to one of four spots near campus and that are mom and pop restaurants and support and take pictures for and for extra credit. Mm -hmm. And a good five or six people have been sending back pictures nice. from going to Alfredo's. I didn't and there were yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, there were a couple people who went to some other uh taco stands a little bit cheaper and I, I was really moved a couple people had never been to that restaurant and mm. and uh, you know a lot of restaurants are going through hard times but there's one place that I want to <laughs> see make it is some of these places that have been in the community for yes. uh, since before I was born so exactly. I was really moved by exactly. that um so uh Will and Latanya if y'all could close out with us have the last word uh, what is something that uh, nearly moved you to tears of joy or something that brought you a, a lot of um, fulfillment? That's a good question, Ed. I think for me, just this is a time when you see people's spirit. So mm. just everyone's willingness to to jump in and help and to offer something. I think that's been refreshing, especially in this current political climate to know that we still have those people who just at their core are just willing to do what it takes to help people, even if that means putting themselves at risk sometimes. So I'm grateful that we still have that. It helps me get through these times. You know, and I'm gonna say as a dad, um, our son is 12 and he's in the seventh grade. And, um, you know, and so during this time, trying to make sure that he is having as much of a normal, happy routine, but with some boundaries, you know, and that we're not just totally foregoing this concept of education and structure and discipline. So seeing my man just, you know, uh, um, we have him doing projects and puzzles and he's doing his schoolwork. I mean, but the whole time he just happy kid and just, you know, handling business and on top of stuff and um, and just asking wonderful questions um, um, and, you know, taking care of his business, doing his work, doing everything that we could ask of him, right? Proud of our daughter too, who's working during this time and just got a job at Amazon and is, you know, trying to make sure that she's handling business in class. Uh, and so I'm a just virtual tutor for Mila. Right, and virtual tutoring uh, for some wonderful couples that we know. So uh, I would have to say, you know, my, my, my kids and just seeing them uh, continue to be well adjusted and, and just continue to, to be positive and to, 
you know, that for me as a dad has just been everything. I, I have not had to cuss anybody out. Uh, you know, I have not had to even really raise my voice. I mean, they just been wonderful. So, so that that's been everything to me. All right. So with that, we're closing out the, the official.